Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for this very first week in our Christmas series, Hard to Believe Christmas is Here. How many of you, you're done with your shopping? Raise your hand if you're done with your shopping. How many of y'all have not even thought about it yet? Raise, oh yeah, those are my people. I want y'all to know we have our own Amazon Prime delivery person that comes just to my house. I've employed them, I think, for December. They've come every day. So Ann's, Ann's got them fully and gainfully employed. But anyways, so I hope you're ready for Christmas. You know, it's really easy to go through this time of year and know the story, but not know the why behind the story. If we only know the what Jesus came to do, and we don't know the why he came to do it, we're gonna miss the whole story. If we are just familiar with it, but we don't get it, the why behind it, we'll miss everything. I remember years ago, I gave out a poster to all the local head football coaches, and the poster said this, people don't burn out because of what they do, they burn out because they forget why they do what they do. The why behind his story is everything. Why did he come so far? Why did he choose to do it the way that he did? Why a little town like Bethlehem? Why Mary? Why Joseph? Why all those things? When we get that, we get Christmas. So if you got your app, North Star Church Georgia, if you've never downloaded the app, it's the best way to follow along, or you got your Bible out and you're gonna jot down a couple notes this morning, we're gonna be in Matthew chapter one. We're gonna start reading down in verse 18. Matthew chapter one, verse 18. If you're new to the Bible, go to the New Testament. You get out of the Old Testament or the New Testament. It's the very first book in the Old Testament. Matthew chapter one. Would y'all stand with me today as we read God's word together? Matthew writes the story he writes this to this Jewish audience that was reading because he wanted them to know they were the ones that had longed for a Messiah. They were the ones that had looked. So he tells the story like this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ in verse 18 took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. So let's call time out there real quick. What did it mean to be betrothed? Well, it meant, so we, we know now engagement, right? So Daniel and Bonnie, I know they're in the room today. They do a premarital class for all the couples that are engaged. So if you're engaged and you haven't done that yet, you need to do it. And they get couples prepared to marriage. Well, back then it was a little different. So back then two things happened. One of the things that happened is when you were little, your parents would pick somebody out for you. That's terrifying, all right? And so they would pick somebody out for you. And then as you got older, and Mary and Joseph are probably 15 and 13 or 14 at this time, uh, they begin this betrothal time, meaning it was a year-long engagement. I've got a daughter that's engaged. We'll take up a love offering for that later. But anyway, so, um, so you, you would have this year-long thing. Well, by the end of that, you're almost considered husband and wife. So you're gonna read that in there because it plays into the story. Mary and Joseph are betrothed to each other, but before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Before they came together, you're like, Mike, I don't understand that. Larry will be back up later. He'll explain what all that means. It's a, it's a great story. All right, here we go. Verse 19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, was unwilling to put her to shame and resolved to divorce her quietly. So even in that betrothal time to break that off, it was considered a divorce. Because Joseph was a just man, a righteous man, a godly man, Joseph goes, I'm not gonna embarrass her. 
even though I know it's not mine. I'm not gonna embarrass her. So he had two options. One is to put her away quietly, meaning he would just dissolve it because of her, um, her being with somebody that wasn't him. Or you could have her stoned. That was the, the two options. So Joseph, because he was a good guy, is like, I, I wouldn't do that to her. I'm gonna put her away quietly. But look at what it says. But as he considered these things, meaning he's pondering about them, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name. What's the name? What does it say? Jesus. So Jesus is the English word for the old Hebrew word Yeshua, which means God saves or Yahweh saves. Look at what it goes on to say. And he will save his people from their, what's the next word there? From their what? Sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken of the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive, bear a son. This was told by Isaiah hundreds of years prior. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. I want to tell you something today. The why behind the story is the story. Not what he did. Why he did it is the catch. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Would you pray with me? Right where you're listening, watching from this morning, whether it's a, a balcony or a, a back porch or a bedroom, wherever you're at or if you're sitting live in the room, would you just ask him to show you the why, would you? why he came such a long way and made this long trip to do what he did? Father, if we only know the what, the story, we don't know the why, we miss the story. God, today, may we get the story. And that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the room. <clears throat> why did he do it? A lot of stuff had to go into play here for him to do what he did. Why did he do it? Why did he come such a long way? Why did he go to the depths that he went to? Why is it such a big deal that 2,000 years later after the story that you and I get the story, not that we know it. Even people that don't go to church, they know about it, but they don't know the story. They don't know the why behind it. Write down a couple things. Number one, we need to know this. Jesus entered my world as a human to let me know he gets me. He wanted me to know he gets me. Look, look at the way Matthew said it. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with, what's the next word there? Us. He wasn't good being in heaven, us being here and us going, man, he doesn't understand me. God doesn't get me. God, God doesn't understand what I go through. No, 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 no. Huge piece of the story is he did what he did so we would never have to wonder if God gets us. No, he gets you to the point he became one of you to get you. That's a big deal. He gets you. 
And there's just something about people that get you. It makes it comfortable. So Ann and I have some, some friends and one of them's a local pastor and his wife and we'll hang out with them occasionally and we're meeting up for dinner this week. Why do I enjoy going to dinner with him? He gets me. We do the same job. We've been doing it about the same length of time. Our kids are about the same age. He gets me. And nothing wrong with anybody. He just understands me. I understand him. See, I got, I got a weird job. See, y'all got normal jobs. I got, I got a weird job, right? Y'all are in real estate or you're a teacher, you're in business, you're in sales. You sit out on a plane and somebody says, what do you do? Well, I'm in sales. Oh, well, tell me what you sell. Or I own my own business. Well, tell me about your business. Or I'm a homemaker. Oh, great, tell me about your kids. Or teacher, tell me about your school. Tell me about your class. Somebody sits down next to me on a plane and says, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor, and they put their headphones in, all right? They're not, they're not interested in getting me. They don't, they don't understand. So it's nice to be with somebody that gets you, right? Or everybody look at me. He gets you. Why did he come? He wants you to know he gets you. He understands you. He became a human, so you never had to question if he gets you. Look at this. Jesus is not out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He experienced it all but the sin. So let's walk right up him to get what he is so ready to give, to take mercy and accept his help. Does God understand my sadness? Yes, he understands your sadness. Why? Because he put on flesh and he felt, it sounds weird to say that Jesus had friends, but Jesus had friends. Sort of weird to think, who's coming over to watch the Falcons game with you? Well, Jesus is. Okay, that's awkward, all right? I mean, it's sort of weird to think about that. But he had friends. He was a human. He, was, he had friends. Three of his friends were Mary, Martha, Lazarus. We know from the Gospels that Lazarus died. And Mary and Martha got really mad that Jesus didn't come and save him from death. And we have one of the shortest verses in all the New Testament. is Jesus wept. Jesus cried after the death of his friend Lazarus. He understands. He understands the depth of pain. Why did he cry? Did he cry he wasn't there to protect Lazarus? Possibly. Did he cry because he saw Mary and Martha hurt? Yeah, probably. Did he cry because he lost an earthly friend? Yeah. Did he cry because he knew how good Lazarus had it now and he was gonna have to bring him back? Maybe. Can you imagine being Lazarus? You've been sick. You go to heaven and you're healed and you're better and then Jesus brings you back. You'd be mad. That may be why Jesus cried. I don't know. But anyways, so he, Jesus wept. He understands pain. But look at this. In John 19, Jesus cried over people's spiritual blindness. He knew that people heard it and people didn't get it. You know what breaks my heart? What breaks my heart is to look out in this room and see a student who I know knows it, but they don't get it. It breaks my heart because they're gonna walk into a world and try to figure all this out and they don't get it. They don't understand it. See, last week, Sellers did such a phenomenal job speaking about being sent, living sent. Would y'all give a hand to Sellers? Didn't he do a great job last week? You heard him, it's phenomenal. Jesus lived sent. When he put skin on and he came here, he got us. He understands us. He gets us. He knows the pain of sadness. He knows the pain of hurt. 
He cried over spiritual blindness and he knows when you're afraid. He knows when you're afraid. Jesus was awakened while in the boat with fearful disciples and he quieted a raging storm. He knows when we're afraid. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care how deep your faith is. You will experience fear on this, in this life. You're gonna. I don't care how much you know, how much you intellectually know about the Bible, there will be things that come that you experience that you can't forecast and you can't see. He understands and he doesn't judge you. He just wants you to trust him. Does he know if I'm ignored or rejected? Yes. He stood to defend the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus gets you. Everybody look at me. He gets you. He understands you. He went to incredible lengths so you could know. So you have all these world religions. You got all kinds of stuff out there. You got every kind of religion. Well, Mike, ultimately, they're all the same. They're not even close. So a few years ago, I hosted an event here for the Cobb Chamber, and it's through Leadership Cobb, and it was Faith and Diversity Day. So I wanted to do something to just let people see how different everything is. So on this stage, this is a pretty crazy story. On this stage, I had a um, Muslim cleric. I had a Jewish rabbi. I had a Unitarian. So you're like, what do Unitarians believe? Everything, all right? So I had a Unitarian. They're like, yeah, they're all right. And so I had a Unitarian, and then I had one more, and then I had an evangelical, which is what you and I are. That's what we believe in who Christ is and all that kind of stuff. So it sounds like a joke, doesn't it? So I had a Unitarian and a rabbi. They all went to a bar. But, so it was a crazy story because I asked them all the same question. Can I tell you what happened in that 45 minutes? You found out our God's unlike any of the other ones. He was the only one concerned with our pain enough that he came as one of us. Why did he do that? It was so, I had so many people in my class go, Mike, I didn't know how different we all were. Yeah, we're really different. Because our Savior didn't say, I want you to understand me. He said, I want to come to understand you, to get you. Number two, Jesus entered my world not to inspire me, but to save me. I want you to leave Sunday mornings inspired. It's one of the things, I, I feel like one of my purposes in life is to encourage and inspire people. But if all you leave is inspired but not saved, I missed it. He didn't come to inspire you. He didn't come to go, all right, woo, I can get back up and keep going. No, 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 no. He came to save you. His ultimate mission was not to make the world feel better. His ultimate mission wasn't that you go, wow, Jesus was like the humanitarian of the year. No, 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 no. He had a mission, and his mission was to seek and to save those that were lost, period. That is why he did what he did. So we know this. If what you have to go through is bigger than the why you're doing it, you'll quit. But if your why is bigger than the what, you'll finish it. His why was you. What he had to go through was necessary 
for you. You were his why. Period. You were his why. All right, so let's call time out here. We've got Christmas Eve coming up. Typically at North Star, we have seven services between the 23rd and 24th. I mean, it's pretty much an all-day affair on the 24th. Well, this year, we're not doing them. We're, we're not doing live ones on campus. Why? Because it would take 31 services to get in everybody that needs to get in. We, and we can't turn people. I just can't stand the thought of people not being able to get in. I just can't stand it. But I can't stand the thought of being here 31 times, all right? And so they're, they're mutual. They're, they're not exclusive. They're, they work together. And so we, we just made decisions. It's 2020. 2020, can we all get an amen? 2020 is just weird. Can you, we agree with that? ESPN Game of the Week, Coastal Carolina. Weird, all right? And so it's just a weird, it's just a weird, it's a weird year. Why is Christmas Eve such a big deal, though? Christmas Eve's a big deal because people are gonna tune in, people are gonna come that wouldn't come any other time. My challenge to you this year, do not watch alone. We've created a link, northstarchurch.org slash Christmas. You can share it with family. You can share it with friends. You can make cookies and carry them to somebody's house. You can go because McDonald's is like a dollar meal. I mean, you can go get a McDonald's and bring it to their house and, and put a little card on that said, I'd love for you to watch on Christmas Eve with me. You, you may have been our neighbors at our house all the time. You may invite them to come over and watch with you. We want 6,000 people this year. What the enemy would love to use to destroy us, we believe God can use to do something even greater. And we filmed it this past week. It's gonna be phenomenal. Why is it such a big deal? Why are we so passionate? Everybody get me. Because we're telling the story that he came to save you. Not to inspire you. Not to make you feel better. Not to go, well, I can get through another week. That's good. But ultimately, he came to save you. Matthew 1, she shall bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will, what's the next word? Save his people from their, what's the next word? Sins. Heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Jeremiah tells us our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Who can know them? Doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're born with a sinful heart. And each one of us who entered the world, he entered it with a sin nature. I remember when we brought our first home, Casey. Uh, I remember, you know, that's a child, you're firstborn, they can do no wrong. And then all of a sudden you find out, I didn't have to teach them to do wrong. They just learned it. I didn't teach Casey in preschool. If somebody takes your, boy, your toy, you bite the stew out of them, all right? That's what I want you to do to protect yourself. I didn't teach him that. No, he learned that naturally. He just came out. He just bit people. It's nothing like going as the youth pastor at the church to go, your son bit somebody today that was a visitor. I'm like, well, that's what I told him. I don't want visitors at this church, all right? And so it's just natural, right? They just do it. Let's do it. It's a sin nature you and I are all born with. We look at the third part. And God entered the world to take it away. Let's, let's do a little theology lesson here. God created, get this now, God created a perfect world. When Adam and Eve entered this world, it was perfect. They had reign over all things in the garden. God just said, you know, there's one tree there and I don't want you to eat or touch that tree. But everything else is yours. Which begs the question, well then, 
why didn't God just not create that tree? We'd still have a perfect world. Yeah, but you and I'd be robots. He loved you enough to give you human choice to choose. He loved Adam and Eve enough to give them choice. We know the story. Adam and Eve got deceived in the garden. They ate of the tree. And when that, when that time came, man and God were separated. The relationship was broken. Therefore, man could not get to God anymore. And there were thousands of years that there was this break in this human relationship between God and man. Crazy thing. So before the foundations of the world, Scripture teaches that God had a plan. And his plan was, I'm going to have to send my son, the creator, to redeem creation. So here's how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to write it in the sky. I'm not going to drop things out of the sky for people to just read. I'm going to send one like them to save them. The only difference was he's perfect. He was born of a virgin. No sin nature. Why? Not me. I'm just telling you the story. He believed you were worth it. He believed you had value. And he wanted you to know he gets you. He understands you. He knows you. It's a weird story. Jesus, I am so thankful for that story. And maybe this Christmas, a story hits. That light comes on and we're going, oh my gosh. So Christmas, the why was me. Yeah. You're why he became Emmanuel, God with skin on. To save Mike Lynch from his sins. To save you from your sins. Not to make you feel better, which is great, but it's just short-lived. But to go, I got you. I get you. Here's the biggest part. And I want you. Would you pray with me? Father, I, I will uh, spend the rest of my days never fully comprehending why your why was so big and why your why included me. But God, I'm so thankful it did. I'm so thankful for the story of the long trip in Bethlehem and Joseph and Mary and a sinless child. Father, I know that the tree that caused the fall, there was another tree and that tree was on a hill. And that tree, you watched your only begotten son, your one and only, nailed to it for sins he didn't commit. 
because it was the only way. It's the tale of the two trees. Father, my prayer is, is that if someone's watching or listening this morning and they don't know that they were the why, that the light bulb popped on in their brain today and went, holy smokes, that's about me. Father, I pray that today they'd meet you. If that's you here today, there, there's a prayer and it really isn't the words. It's just the cry of your heart. and It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus, I didn't know. You said, I didn't know that you came for me. I didn't know you lived for me. I didn't know you died for me. And I didn't know you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. Father, you did it a strange way, but I sure am glad you did it. Thank you, Jesus.